welcome back to another episode of Fantasy 4-Way, Season 1, Episode 4, right? Episode 4? Yeah, that's yeah, right. So we are here uh, with the fallout from Game Week 2 of the Premier League season. I'm joined today by Sam. What's up, everybody? And Aaron. How's it going, guys? I should have said I didn't say my name. That's a bad hosting job right there. I, I am Vince, as as always. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Game week two. How uh, how'd we do, guys? Aaron, how'd how'd your game week two go? It was pretty average. Uh, sixty points. Um, pretty not not really too much better than my game week one, to be totally honest. So it's been pretty bang average. Like I think I've been two points above the average both weeks. So not exactly a stellar start, but you know, it's still early. Um, I'm not too worried about it. Gotcha. What were, uh, what was your lineup and kind of what points who, who, who came in for you? Yeah. Um, so I went with a three, five, two formation, uh, Went with uh, Pickford in goal, so that's that. Me choosing Pickford at the start of the season is really, you know, me just going with my heart as an Everton fan. Um, so you know, just one point uh, from him. Uh, then I had Cancelo, eleven points. Uh, Trippier came in with seven. Been pretty happy with Trippier so far. Uh, and then uh, Trent with three. And then in the midfield, uh, you know, pretty much. Blanks all around, just about Salah, Saka, Bailey, Grealish, and Andreas Pereira uh, coming in with three points. Um, so my highest scoring midfielder got three points, um, and then up top I got Holland and Jesus, um, who did really well. But of course, just about everybody's got him. So um, yeah, cool. Uh, when you say just about everybody had him, uh, you're, I, I'm going to go next since I did not. <laughs> um, oh, Joiner's making an appearance. It was just just bath time. Joiner, for those of you listening, Joiner is my six month old son. Yeah, so. This is a, a family friendly podcast for <laughs> parents, both uh, men and women. Fucking right, it is. So we're. Uh... <laughs> so I was on. 53 points. I'm I'm got this. I'm gonna talk mine and then I got you. Uh, 53 points. Uh, I had Ederson six, Cancelo 11, double city clean. Uh, Trent with three. It is weird looking at a defender with just three points. Um, Trippier with seven, Robertson with two. Uh, had Mo with two, Madison with seven, Bailey with one, Andreas with three. Holland was captain, so that was ten, and Bamford with one. So not a good week. Uh, no city or uh, no Arsenal, no Chelsea was always a risk. And I, with a game week rank in the five millions and overall rank now of four million, it was time to abandon my principles. Which is something you can relate to, Sam, after the Timo fiasco for you. And I have hit my wild card button, which I will talk about later in the podcast. Uh, Sam, can you go ahead and uh, share your team, but also Greg's team? for us. Since yeah, Greg's um, I will happily share my team first, then we'll go to Greg. So I had a 
pretty good week actually at 76 points. Uh, Sanchez and goal with the clean on six. Cancelo and Diaz with 11 and six respectively. Alexander Arnold with three. Um, Abreu had one, which was kind of a bummer, but I knew that Arsenal defense wasn't going to be the best. Uh, and then the midfield, we had Martinelli with eight. Diaz with nine with a just banger goal against Palace this weekend. Uh, Bailey on one. He did not start, which was a little bit of a surprise. And then Mo on two. And then Holland with the captain's armband, 10 total. And Jesus up top with uh, 19. So... Overall, pretty good week for myself. Happy with where things stand currently, and overall pretty uh, happy with my my uh, roster is. And then for Greg, who has uh, definitely the most unique lineup of all of us, he had uh, unfortunately uh, disappointing 38. He had <laughs> Rhea and Goal, who was actually I think is okay, not his best player, but his second best player with seven. Patterson in defense with one. TAA with three, Diaz with six, Matty Cash with two, Sun with two, Mo had the captain's armband, so he had four, Coutinho with zero, Ramsey with two, Pereira with three, and then Kane with eight. Um, unfortunately, he didn't captain Kane. I, I understand why, but uh, it, it is funny after all the hoopla about Kane or Holland. Um, you know, we'll get into the Battle of the Bridge in a second, but Kane outperformed Holland on FPL-wise, even though if you had watched both games, you saw they were uh, exact opposites as far as who performed better. But Yeah, I will say Kane could have easily had two, missing that one, that one big chance he had. I think it was around like 60 minutes where he was like clear on goal. And it went dragged it wide. I don't know if you saw that, if it was in the highlight, Sam, because I know there was a period you weren't watching, but he literally was like two passes, and all of a sudden Kane was in on goal, like by himself, and just dragged a shot wide. Like Uh, before talking about that. Good shout out. I definitely didn't see that part of it. Um, Like you said, I missed part of the second half, so. Um, I think I was just speaking more to uh, City's absolute dominance of Bournemouth, and uh, obviously we had Foden miss the. Easy slide across to Holland for the goal. Oh my God! The rage towards Foden in the FPL community. I mean, the the fantasy Discord I'm in went ballistic that Foden did not square. I mean that that was there's I could see Pep yanking him at halftime <laughs> just for not squaring that because if that's a game that matters, whew. like Bournemouth's a game they can get away with that, something like that. But man, you know Pep was fuming mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, Greg. Um, you know, I I don't think he's pulling his wild card yet. I think he said that in the the group chat. So he's rolling with this going forward. Uh, obviously, his biggest problem right now are the the Villa players, which he still has three of. So, um, well, he'll just have to make some key transfers to work around that. But he could. He still has a lot of upside with the the Kane son double whammy if Tottenham have a few banger games he could easily get back into it uh he'll just have to see what happens with that yeah I, I think like the fact that Tottenham's run up is decent enough that like it justifies doing that like holding on to them because mm-hmm. their next four are pretty pretty nice you'd put their next four up against a lot of other fours in the league yeah right now. And, and I'd be curious I, I don't know I could probably look this up right now um but Sun's ownership, is he 
technically like a differential right now, or is this ownership pretty high still? Uh, I, I think, think his ownership's at 18%, 19%. I was about to say, I could still see a lot of people who got him, you know, a lot of people who haven't done much, many changes probably have just stuck with him. Your more casual players that had him at the start probably don't view Sun as a problem. Right. Know, just because of the points he had last year. Mm-hmm. So, and he had a decent you know, it, first game week, right? He had an assist. Yeah, okay. And, um, I mean, he's – yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the game later, but he's not going to be going up against – a team who's got the personnel to literally shut him down. Yeah. Like, and plays a style that shuts him down every week. For sure. So. And um, interestingly enough, it looks like he's on a price drop tonight. So, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, I think uh, overall, I definitely had a good week. I think Aaron and Vince, you guys had somewhat average weeks, but it's just so early. So early. And, and so many teams are template. Uh, it's hard to really even call anything a good or bad week at this point. Yeah, I mean, I look at it as I'm down at $4 million right now after two poor weeks, but over 38 weeks, you have poor weeks all the time, right? So there's weeks where you're in a $5 million rank or a $4 million rank for your game week. It's just because, for me, it's been both of the first two weeks. That's what kind of – I think the first week it was like $3 million. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, should we uh, switch to the Battle of the Bridge? And uh, obviously, th- there's some different biases here. Maybe we start with the arguably most unbiased with Aaron. Aaron, what were your thoughts from both just a viewership point of view and then also a fantasy point of view? Yeah, my thoughts. I was sort of surprised by both teams, um, to be honest. I was I was surprised by how good Chelsea were. And I was surprised at how off it Spurs seemed in the first half because I actually I know that Spurs haven't had a good time in this fixture uh, the last few years, um, but I actually I, I thought they I thought they would be the better team in this one. I don't know why, but I just I just thought they would. So I was a little taken. Sorry to cut you yeah. off. Saying in the last few years is very generous of you, by the way, for Spurs not having a good time in this fixture. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to be equitable in his commentary. Indeed. <clears throat> but yeah, um, no, I thought I thought Chelsea looked really, really good. And I mean, it was it was definitely the sort of thing like as soon as the game finished, I was like, all right, I need I need Reese James in my team. Whereas before. You know, especially after preseason, I was I wasn't too sure about Chelsea's defense. You know, having lost Rudiger, even with Koulibaly coming in, you know, Koulibaly's never never been in the Premier League before. So how was he going to adapt? There doesn't seem to be any sort of adjustment period needed for him. He seems to have slotted right in, and Chelsea seem really really solid defensively again. So takeaways in terms of fantasy is that I'm I'm definitely back on like you know I want Chelsea defense so I've already made an early transfer already got uh, Reese James in um, so um, a little a little disappointed that I got rid of Kane for Holland at the beginning of, of the of the week and uh, originally I was going I was sort of bullish about I was gonna I was gonna captain Kane if I if I held on to him in this game. So that didn't end up uh, working out too well. But 
uh, I'm really not too too worried about it to be honest. I think it it'll probably work out in the long run, but we'll see. What about what about you, uh, Mr. Bill, Spurs fan as you uh, are? So Spurs win two two at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> uh, I thought Chelsea looked just as good as they had last year. I think the difference is simply that Spurs this year actually have a bench um, where Conte was able to make some changes and, and kind of throw Chelsea's game plan out the window a little bit until Chelsea then had to make a sub to to counter that, right? And it, it's... So for, as a Spurs fan... Yes, Chelsea were definitely the better team, but the most promising thing to me is that we came from a goal down twice. Um, and then also that the fact that we actually have a bench this year that can come in and, and actually make adjustments. Um, because I do think while Richarlison didn't like have like a goal-scoring action or something like that, his presence definitely changed the game and, and put some discomfort in Chelsea, um, which created that first goal. Um which I think for Chelsea fans, I can understand the complaints on the first goal, but I think the foul happened so far before the goal that I think like there had been enough time where I think you just gotta you gotta kind of let that go. And I'd be more mad at Jorginho if I was a Chelsea fan for just dicking around in your own box. And yeah, I, I it think over. I think honestly, what annoys Chelsea fans more about that is, and I don't even know, this might have was this against Tottenham last year where there was the one. Where, where we scored a goal last year and there was a foul that they went back like 35 seconds and took the I, goal away on. I don't know. Not if it was against Tottenham, it's not like you needed it last year. <laughs> it might not have been, but I think that's what more upset Chelsea fans is remembering that goal getting taken back on the foul. I agree. I'm not, I, I, I think that goal is fine for the most part. Yeah. Like I think it was, cl- it was definitely a foul, but it was close enough that like I could understand a referee missing that. It wasn't, like, egregious to the point of, like... It wasn't, like, the hair pull, right? Which was an yeah. egregious... Which we'll get to, like... Um, but I thought Chelsea, too cool nose, Conte system. He overloaded the midfield. It was 4v2. That's why Tottenham couldn't get anything. They were pressing on Kane. I mean, James Manmark's son out of the game. I don't think there's many players in the league that have the ability to do that. I do think Reese James is one of them. Um, I think if teams try and set up like that against Tottenham with lesser personnel, we will just bury him with Kulu, Kane, and Son, so I'm not worried from a Tottenham fantasy aspect. I would make the case this is Tottenham's hardest fixture of the entire season. I feel more terrified of at Chelsea than I do at City and at Liverpool, to be honest, because wow. Chelsea, I don't think, I think Tuchel is not as stubborn as a manager as Pep and Klopp, and I think Tuchel will adjust game plans to fit his opponent, whereas I think Pep and Klopp will have their system and they'll play it knowing full, like Pep's system is ripe for Conte just picking it apart but Pep will continue to play it because he just, he believes his system is the best system and same thing with Klopp. Um, so I, I very happy we stole a point and we definitely did. I mean, how Romero didn't get a red. I don't think I've been reading up on it. I still think the corner would have happened. Cause I think they can like Mike Dean came out and was like, yeah, I should have told him to go to the monitor to look at a red, but like he couldn't have given a free kick or something. I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, weird um i would have thought it, i thought when they showed the replay i was like oh that's a red and i assumed it was a free kick going chelsea's way and that the game was over so for it to come on the very next action um i still think that might have been a reese james own goal 
instead of a cane touch, but uh, instead of a cane goal, but um, yeah, obviously was I was I was ecstatic. To that was definitely it. my my knee jerk reaction when I saw it live. I was like, oh oh, it definitely looks like it was redirected by Reese James, and it's not too clear if it was originally on target. Yeah, I think that's why it'll stay is because you can't really tell if it would have gone in or not. But Reese James definitely helped it. But yeah, like I said, Tottenham win 2-2. And and I will say for Tottenham, we lost against Southampton at home. We lost at Chelsea last year. So we're already plus four (laughs) off of of last year. So And we lost at home to Wolves, who we have Saturday. So if we win that, now all of a sudden we're plus seven, which would put us, you know, right there near 80 points, which I think is the realistic goal this year is to try and get it to 80. So, Um, but yeah, I was delighted. Wonderful game. Fantastic game. I mean, the handshake drama at the end has been talked to death, but oh my goodness, that was that was so beautiful. You got Thomas Tuchel celebrating a 77th minute goal in the second game of the season. Like, I don't think he celebrated Havertz's goal in the Champions League final quite like that. So it was just, uh, it, it was, you could tell how much the game meant to both managers and both teams. And I really think it will be good because Pep and Klopp have this, like, lovey-dovey crap they do. And I think it would be very nice if Conte and Tuchel had kind of a more competitive rivalry, especially given the the clubs they represent do not like each other at all. So, it was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, um, I I mean, you guys have both covered it very well. I I think my gut reaction is, I mean, I know I'm supposed to be that upset, uh, be really upset as a Chelsea fan. I thought it was great entertainment <laughs> i mean and the premier league you're welcome from chelsea and spurs fans because i mean that was just great tv to watch and the the hatred the the handshake all of it was just awesome and um do you know it's obviously it's a rivalry it's a derby i i just I went into that game with low expectations, so I'm fine with 2-2. Yeah, it hurts that the 2-2 came at the very, very end of the game. Um, But I was very pleased with what I saw out of Chelsea this game. I was impressed with the defense. I was impressed with the tactics. And, um, man, those are are two teams that are so well coached. That that was what I left the game with. And I think they're both going to be up there in the top four battle. Uh, Top four is going to be interesting this year. Um, you know, obviously it's, I think it's too early to really see, say with Arsenal, we'll, we'll see where they are mid point of the year, but I think there's a lot of really well coached teams competing out there. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have. I think everything else would reiterate what you guys kind of covered. Yeah. I would, I would summarize it quickly as Chelsea were the better team box to box, but I think Tottenham were the better team in the boxes. Um, because, I mean, really, the Koulibaly chance, that's a low percentage chance, right? Like, like honestly, if you're going to concede that shot to somebody, you'll pick a center back, like, taking that. And then, I mean, the second goal was obviously a very high percentage chance. And, and <laughs> the funny thing is, and people were blaming Lloris for this. They just don't know with goalkeeping that situation. You just have to guess. Yeah, but the funny I thing mean, is, if he had just stood still, he would have stopped it, right? Yeah. But, like... He would also look stupid if he just stood still in that scenario, like, you know. So it, it's it's something where can you imagine though if he did stand still, 
and <laughs> Reese James just kicks it right at him one on one there. Oh god, that would have been hilarious. But yeah, great game, great fun. I I do think though, like it showed that game showed to me Chelsea's biggest weakness is not having a striker. Like they need a striker so badly because there was just again they were the best team box to box, but but when it came time to put it in Tottenham, they they really didn't have a threat well, in there. The there wasn't a guy I was like scared of. And see, I think Aubameyang can be good with someone like Tuchel because he's not going to resort the Dabo Sweeney esque coaching crap that Mikel Arteta does based on what's seen in All or Nothing. And Obama Yank's sitting there is what a 29, 30 year old like what the, or no he's like thirty two isn't he? Yeah. He, either way, he's a veteran player. He's probably looking at like what the hell is this guy doing? I think Arteta needs to be coaching 24, 25 year olds and younger mm-hmm. and buy For into sure. that you know new age stuff. So. For sure. All right, shall we'll force we... ourselves to move on because I I could talk about that game. Yeah. More. yeah. Shall For we? Sure. Uh, shall we talk about Liverpool? Um, oh yeah, and I think I think we should let Aaron have first crack at this because yeah, that's true. That's true. That's Everton, true. That's true. Let it fly. Everton only two points back of Liverpool right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I going into this season, I wasn't too sure about Liverpool's uh, state, especially in the midfield. Um, I mean, losing Mane is huge. And, you know, Nunez is, is one for the future. And, you know, I'd... I'd really didn't expect him to like uh hit the ground running um and you know like they're gonna miss Mane is definitely what I was what I was thinking going into the season they've got they got injuries piling up now um you know I don't know how long Tiago's gonna be out for but he's he's gonna be missed for some some time um they're depend they're I think they're a little too dependent on Henderson they've got Milner coming in uh, Harvey Elliott's looks pretty good, but again, like you know, not super experienced. Um, can they really rely on him for Verona games? Um, you know, they're looking suspect. And as as amazing as Diaz's goal was, I, he's not going to score goals like that every week. Um, and I'm still definitely doubting him as as a fantasy as a fantasy asset. Um, just because, like, you know, it's good on the eye, but, like, is the end product really there? I guess time will tell. Um, but, yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot to be disappointed about if you're a Liverpool fan. That being said, I mean, I watched that Palace game, and they, they created a lot of chances. Like, you know, Nunes could have had probably two goals in the first half, um, you know, and that could have been the difference. But, um Palace are, a, Palace are a good outfit. I knew that wasn't going to be an easy game. I figured it was going to be a tight game. Um, but yeah, still, e- even saying all that, I was still a bit surprised uh, by how off it Liverpool uh, have have been the last couple games, especially in that first game against Fulham. But that was a fun game to watch as a result of that, so I can't complain. Yeah, I, I currently have Liverpool finishing fifth in the Premier League. I, I have Tottenham winning it, of course. Uh, Man City second, Chelsea third, Arsenal fourth. Uh, sorry, not Arsenal, Man United fourth. Because um, I don't know if you know this, but Man United have money, and surely they'll buy people in, in the transfer window. That's that's what uh, They're apparently uh, in for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody so, wants to go there. Yeah. No, um, I think Liverpool will be fine. I do think there are things like – 
that are red flags if I was a Liverpool uh not red flags yellow flags I would say if I was a Liverpool fan the midfield is a big concern um I still think the Mane move is one of those they were going to be worse this year but long term it was probably the right play um, yeah that's fair where which is why I I I that's why I think people saying oh Liverpool in the title race like I don't really think so I don't think they're close to City this year and I thought that before these two games. I, but I still think they're a lock for top four, and they're still the second-best team. But, um, you know, I, I just – I also think, like, the the Fulham game would be way more concerning for me as a Liverpool fan. As a Liverpool fan, I would chalk up the Palace game as just being kind of unlucky to, to draw that. Like, I wouldn't – it's annoying because – although I will say we have an unbeaten relegation possibility here. 38 draws. For Liverpool, that, that could we could we could get them to go unbeaten, be invincible, but also go go down to the championship. So, I do objectively. I know we're all Man United haters, but objectively, the funniest result would be Man United after this horrible start. Everything's terrible. They're horrible. If they won this week and were above Liverpool, like that would be pretty funny. To just it would watch be hilarious. Like, yeah, it would be hilarious. <laughs> but I I I cannot even imagine United winning. Yeah, but United have to score four to cover he, Mo's hat trick. Yeah. So Yeah. Against even even a half strength Liverpool with, you know, twice as many injuries as the, as they've got now, I would still favor them to come out by a multi goal margin. Yeah, I mean I think I think Liverpool I think like you guys said, Liverpool's gonna be fine. They'll finish top four. They'll do what they do. Um for me, the concerns, I mean, there's there's obviously concerns at all three levels. On the defensive side, Van Dyke's been okay the first two games. He's, his, I think the problem is with Van Dyke is his normal level the past like three years has been so insanely high. I mean, just at like worldly center back level of play that any drop off is going to impact that team. And there's been a tiny bit of drop-off. I'm not saying he's not a world-class center back still. But just given the role he has on the team, you know, uh, like I think I think he was kind of defending Zaha on that breakaway goal a little bit. And I think Zaha cut in. I'm not, In no world do I think Van Dyke should stop Zaha there. But I'm saying in previous seasons, he sticks out a left leg and just taps the ball away. Again, it's like tiny things. I, I don't think he should necessarily be doing it because that put the expectation too high. It's just, he has done that for again, three, four seasons. Um, and I think it kind of feels like when Ramos started to drop off his yeah. level a little bit, like it, it, he was still a good player, but when like you're used to that guy being the best player at his position in the world and all of a sudden he's not, it's like, oof. exactly. It's like, again, not a big drop off, but it's small and it, shows up in those kind of small ways um similarly the midfield i mean without diago they're just not as good that's just fact um and they just don't have as many players that are kind of of that class occupying it and i think the i don't know it's just like kind of the jury's out people i think are more aware of how liverpool like to play and as you said earlier vince klopp doesn't change how they play they do the exact same thing every time it works well it obviously i, I think they're still obvi- 
using XG within two games is dumb, but I think they're like second or third highest XG right now in the league. So they're still producing tons of chances and that system will do that. But I think defensively it's tough. And then I think just overall, as far as controlling games, they're just not as quick right now. Um, and then the attack, they're just, it's a combination of injury and just Nunez being stupid. <laughs> I mean, just an idiotic decision on his part. Yeah. He, well, and also, if you're going to go for a headbutt, I mean, go for a headbutt, right? Like, don't, like, especially in the world of VAR, like, if you're going to do something like that that's a clear headbutt, you're going to get sent off. I mean, really put some like, effort. Go, just... go, like, full-on Zidane. Like, yeah, yeah, go like, full Zidane. Like, just <laughs> lean that head back and, like, follow through. He was just, like... It was like enough of a of a headbutt to get him sent off, but like he really just kind of like moved his body forward. Not like it wasn't like it just didn't have the gusto that it should have. And yeah, he didn't he didn't commit to it at all. Yeah, and that's concerning to me. If I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be like, <laughs> oh man, he 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 didn't commit to that. Is he really fight? Is he really about the badge? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, with that said, obviously Mo Mo's still a, a necessary asset. I think he's still gets opportunities every game um the only the only reason i would say not is if we get into like week five and like kd if most still hasn't really had a haul and kdb is still firing that's fair that's fair because like last year the only reason i felt like mo wasn't an asset was when he wasn't firing at the end of the season sun was on an absolute heater Mm -hmm. so it felt like okay well there's at least a guy who can like equal mo's production if mo catches fire again right Mm -hmm. Whereas right now, with two weeks in the season, you're like, okay, well, I guess you could go Mo to Rodrigo, but uh, outside of that, there's, you know, KDB and Son aren't quite. I know KDB had all oh, that goal, Mwah! Chef's kiss, but um, you know, I'd, like you said, Mo's essential for a couple more weeks, and then it might be like, okay, time to because 13 million is a lot to not produce, really. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think for me, yeah. he's a definite hole through the international break, um, which I'm playing a wild card right after, so. Uh, for me, he's a hold till then. But um, no, I think that's a fair point. And I, like I think we all believe Liverpool will turn this around in some fashion. It's just a question of what does that look like. And for fantasy, is it these ugly games where they don't keep cleans and you know they kind of grind it out, or do we go back to them putting up three, four goals and you know hopefully also keeping some cleans? Yeah, I also think Trent is still kind of essential. Because, I mean, the fact he got a bonus point in a game with no returns and Liverpool conceded a goal, I think just kind of shows how good his balls in were. I mean, that he's he had playing the 10 for them. Yeah. It, it's like actually he, he, kind of insane. Yeah. So he, he, he was someone, too, where he was flirting with points. He just needed somebody to connect on the other end of it, really, for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um, I guess do we want to go into our – Lineups, transfer strategy coming up. Yeah, for, for the sure. Next couple you, weeks. Do you wanna do you wanna start since you you made the the big move this week? Yeah, yeah. I popped I popped the wild card. I really didn't have a choice. I, I mean, my stubbornness definitely cost me the first couple weeks. I gave gave everybody a head start. <laughs> um, but now my I look at my team and it's it's very top six heavy with the notable exception of Man United, because why on earth would you have a Man United asset right now? Um, So I'm going to be running a 5-3-2 probably for the next three weeks. Uh, I got Ederson in goal, 
back five of Trent, Cancelo, James, Cucurella, Zinchenko. I really don't like Arsenal defense, but their next three are against Bournemouth. Uh, somebody, and then, hold on. I think Fulham, yeah, Fulham's in there. I think it's Fulham some, yeah, it's there. Bournemouth, Fulham, and Villa, I think, right? Is the next yes, three. that sounds right, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, Bournemouth, Fulham, and Villa, and it's like, okay. I don't really trust their defense, but could they get two cleans there? Absolutely. Um, and before Leicester got their second goal, Zinchenko was all over the bonus, even with no return, and um, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal giving up a goal. So he's temporary. He'll go to Trippier in week six. Uh, midfield three of Sala, Martinelli, and, and Gundo. Um, Gundo's positioning, he's basically been playing like a 10 for City, and I really can't, can't find it. Um, but I remember reading a thing about early season how um, someone was analyzing City games and noticed Holland's positioning was so far forward that it was creating a ton of space for um, De Bruyne and Gundogan to run into. Um so right now I'm definitely high on Gundo. Sylvan Stain is a bit concerning for owning Gundo because, you know, does that mean Silva will get more time or? Has that been confirmed? I thought. Yeah, he's oh, basically okay. he's basically oh, staying. Well, okay. City were asking for like a hundred million for him, and I was like, that, I I would not pay a hundred million for Bernardo Silva. Uh, he's good. I'm not saying he's not good. Yeah, but I no, pay that's, that's yeah, that's all. I also wouldn't pay eighty million for Wesley Fofana, but you know, teach their own. Um, <sighs> but I don't think Sam would either, to be fair. No, I, I would not. Uh, and then up top, I have Kane and Jesus. So the only really non-template picks I have are, if you were wildcarding right now, are Gundo and Kane. Gundo wouldn't be a pick because a lot of people would have Double City and, and Holland, probably. Um, I just like Kane for the next four. I, people are jumping off Tottenham because of the Chelsea performance, and I'm like, but we had the Southampton performance, too. So, like, I don't understand. Like, again, it's it's just a misunderstanding of, I think, I think as a Tottenham fan, I'm sensitive to how well Chelsea match up to us and how perfectly Tuchel sets up to, like, completely stifle the Conte system. So, like, I, I, I didn't watch that game, and I'm not worried from a fantasy aspect. I had Perisic in my team, but I thought, since I'm on wild card, there's really no reason I need to keep him when I can get back to him pretty easily. I have some money in the bank. I have... Was it point two? I think in the bank. Yeah, I have point two in the bank, so I can easily get to him. Uh, my bench fodder. I have Ward as my backup goalkeeper. Mids of Andreas and uh, Lavia from Southampton, the kid that uh, came from Man City, and then Archer as third on the bench. But I mean, my lineup is all, you know, three City, two Liverpool, three Arsenal, two Chelsea, one Tottenham. I mean, the fact that we can create that kind of a lineup is kind of ridiculous with pricing. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's all guys who play too. It's not like it's guys who come off who are bench players. You know, it's all it's all guys who start. So, um, pretty much a team that I'm not going to have to do many changes with for long term. It'll be transfers, chasing points, really. For sure, I like it. Um, like you said pretty template but enough I think differential in there with uh, Kane and Gundo uh, to I think you know. Cucurella too Cucur- a, since Cucurella, he's like 10 he's, yeah he, I'll be curious to see how long he's not template because I know at least in the more like analytical community he's gotten a lot of love this week and a bunch of people have been switching to him uh, and then I think if he gets another start this weekend if he gets another start and he gets a return I, I think he's going to be a hot commodity, uh, which I'm hopefully going to switch to him next week. Maybe. We'll see. Um, he's on my uh, 
He's on my list though to look at. Just a little bit cheaper than James, even though he's not going to get the he's not going to score the goals James does. The only thing I want to add is my path to Holland. If I if I feel like it's just I need to get him, um, is to either go Ederson down to somebody like Sanchez and then Kane up to Holland, or do like Gundo to Zaha, and then Kane up to Holland. Those are kind of my options because I think Zaha is, is yeah. So it's it's I I definitely have a path to Holland from Kane. So smart. What about you, Aaron? What what do you what transfers are you making this week? Uh, yeah, I already made, already made uh, two transfers for a minus four. So I uh, brought in James for Trippier. I had uh, one million in the bank, and I got rid of Grealish um, for Martinelli. So I've got triple Arsenal going into this week with uh, Saka, uh, who I'm holding on to. I, you know, looking at heat maps and stuff like that, he's in all the same positions uh, he was in last season. He's still, you know, putting up good stats. Um, so I think the points will come for Saka. I'm kind of hoping that a lot of people get off him and then he hauls um, over the next few weeks. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, looking like a 5-3-2 for this week. Uh, Pickford's going to stay in goal. They've got Forrest at home. Feeling fairly good about that matchup. I've also got Patterson um, in at the back. Um, also going with Cancelo. Do- double Everton defense. Perisic. Ooh, brave, I'm giving Perisic a, sh- a-, a shot. I think he could start. Um, and against Wolves, he could totally haul. Uh, and then, sorry? I was saying double Everton defense. That is, that is a brave, brave man right there. <laughs> I'm feeling more. I I can talk more about Everton. Uh, you know, I could I could talk for hours about Everton, but uh, I'm actually feeling fairly optimistic. If we if we are able to get a striker, I I fancy our chances to like you know finish solidly mid table. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving on. I've also got James as my fifth defender, and then I've got the captaincy on Salah at the moment with uh, Man United coming up. He was so good against them last year. In uh, both both fixtures, I can't see him not being a factor in this game, especially with no Nunez. Uh, Nunez seems to be like, you know, at least the last last few games, small sample size, but like getting into a lot of good positions and like eating up a lot of the XG, um, potentially taking that away from Salah. So with him out of the picture, I feel like you know Salah's gonna gonna feature pretty heavily. Um, I've also got Saka and Martinelli, um, and then up top, Holland and Jesus. As uh, Jesus is my vice captain at the moment, I've gone back and forth between him and Salah, but I think I'm going with Salah. I like um, one. I like the the Saka shout. I think he's poised to have a breakout game. I also think um, isn't Tomiyasu coming back soon? And I think I've heard from <clears throat> Arsenal fans that him being out kind of hurt. Saka a little bit with the lack of overlapping on his side, so maybe if he returns, he'll be yeah. uh, a little yeah, bit. I'm very curious to see what Arsenal's first choice backline is going to be. I think Arteta is like, too. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, I don't know how you you can't bench Saliba after the way like that own goal. Like yes, it was an own goal, Unlucky. but I don't think that was really his fault. 
Like that's just kind of one of those things that can happen as a defender. Yeah, um, you're gonna you're gonna have situations I, like that with young young defenders. That's just gonna happen from time to time. But yeah, well, and I actually think that goal's on Ramsdale. I like I think his positioning was terrible. For actually, both goals were on Ramsdale. Again, Ramsdale's not a good keeper at stopping like stopping the ball from going in the net. Like yeah, this, uh, this pod's an official supporter of the Matt Turner for Arsenal number one. <laughs> He's, he has to get better at his distribution to start for what for what Arteta wants to be yeah. fair. But um, it, it's just yeah, I, I I'm curious to see what Arsenal does. We kind of since we're on it, I'll be very quick with this. Sam, you kind of mentioned it earlier about like Arsenal. I think the difference between Arsenal, Chelsea, and Tottenham for me are that how I mentioned like Tottenham was able to bring on subs that changed the game. Arsenal, I don't feel like really have that. Where I don't feel like if you look at their bench, that they're going to bring on guys that they can change formation if they need to in a game where formation's not working. Like they're bringing in like circle piece into a circle hole, right? Yeah. Like they're bringing in a guy who's going to play the exact same way. So I, I think that's that's the biggest issue is they still don't have those game changers on the bench that I think. Tottenham has, and I think Chelsea has, or the ability to play different systems if they wanted to. No, that's fair. I, I think I could agree with that. For sure. Um, Aaron, did you have anything? I think you went through your lineup completely, right? Uh, I didn't get I didn't get to my bench. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I have um, Bailey in first bench. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be holding on to him much longer. Um, I was originally going to get rid of him this week, but I ended up just feeling like I really, really needed James sooner rather than later. So I went ahead and got him in, as well as Martinelli. Um, but yeah, going to be looking to get rid of Bailey in the next week or so. Um, there's not a huge number of options at that price point, but um, I'm not too sure where I'm going to go with that uh, in the future, but... Um, then I've also got uh, Andreas and then uh, Archer and then Gazaniga as my uh, more than likely not playing backup keeper. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Um, I'll go through my lineup real quick. I have Sanchez and goal uh, also running the 5-3-2. Gabriel, Cancelo, TAA, Diaz, and Perisic. In the back line, Martinelli, uh, Diaz, and Mo in the middle, and then uh, Holland and Jesus up top. Um, my transfer was I, uh, speaking of Bailey, took Bailey out and put De Silva in before De Silva had the price rise, so got an extra 0.5 in the bank. Um, and I, I don't expect De Silva to be that much of an asset, but I like the price point I was getting him at. Um, and I just wanted to free up a few extra funds for some later moves, uh, sp- specifically on the defensive side. And so that was my main motivation for that. And I, also, I just, this Aston Villa team, I, I don't know what DVG is doing over there. So um, just no confidence in Bailey's minutes. Uh, and then in the number two and three spot, Andreas and Archer. And then Ward is my backup keeper. And then... Um, similar to you, Aaron, I'm running the captain's armband on Mo Vice on Jesus right now. I was thinking kind of getting a little differential captaining Jesus, but I, I was actually based off what I saw from the Bournemouth City game. 
I, I don't think Jesus is the one who would return in this game. I would actually look more for Asaka or Martinelli just because Bournemouth plays so far back. Um, their back line does not press up at all. So I think the, the person who's at the top of the of the attack for the team that's play, playing them is going to get blanketed uh, a good bit during the game. I I didn't I don't think I mentioned it with my team. My I, I have the armband on Mo because I I the last time I didn't captain Mo against United was the infamous uh, Chelsea oh. seven Norwich zero game where I captained Kai Havertz. So who uh, was the only literally the only player in Chelsea starting the left? I told you I told so. you to get Mount. I told you I said it. I know I, I know. Said it in the I, text. I was like this I know is a Mount did. game. I know you did. But uh, so yeah I I I do want to. I have a lot. Of, uh, ha- I have a tingling in the old, the old balls to, to Captain Kane, but uh, I, I think I'm gonna leave it. I'm, I'm gonna leave it on Mo. I, I, but I really want a Captain Kane. I'm. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna Captain Kane. There you Why go. Not? There you go. Why not? Do it. Do it. Hey, Why not? I'm already. It. I'm already down. I might as well just go. Yeah, your, your whole lineup's I, template. Let's get a little differential here. You know. Yeah. Let's, let's have a little fun. Yeah, I mean, you you are you've already gone off of the no Arsenal, no Chelsea players. Like you've got to. I can make up. You got to captaining Kane. Yeah, <laughs> you got to push yourself out on a different limb. There you go. And yeah, just I'll, I'll captain Mo next week anyway. So <laughs> it's I can captain Kane this week and 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 watch watch the points. Man, those four points from Kane gonna be massive. Absolutely massive. He's he's doing a big one. He's I, I think I think people like you said Vince are. Uh, are doubting Tottenham way too much after the Chelsea game. It's a good matchup for us, and then I actually I, I was plenty impressed by what I saw from Spurs. So I think they're they're due for another big game, whether it's this week or next week. So yeah, I like well, it. that's th- people are like, oh, Tottenham didn't do. I'm like, they created more big chances. I think they put up like one and a half xg. Like it wasn't like we were completely stifled. We just like we played counterattacking football. Like so, you don't get it, but. The idea of that is when you get a chance, it's a big chance, and they pretty much were for us, you know. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I agree with you, Sam. I don't think there was anything. I, I, it's funny how quickly one week changes the narrative, right? Because yeah. after the Southampton game, it's like, oh, Spurs flying, and after this game, it's like, oh, Spurs. Yeah, that somehow we like, we scored like a last minute, like a last second equalizer, and it was somehow like we like bottled it. I like it was we, it was weird the narrative after the game. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, from a league perspective, it's just how fans are. And then from a fantasy perspective, everybody always has, uh, always their memory lasts the current game week, nothing else. So, Yeah, it was just funny, Kane Price drops after scoring against Chelsea. (laughs) I didn't realize realize he Price dropped. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's dumb. Yeah. So, but, all right, well, we, we don't know Greg's team, but... He, I know he has triple Spurs, so he's obviously hoping oh, he he surely will cap in a Spurs player against Wolves, as if he needed any more motivation. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> if I were him, I'd captain Son, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Well, Son, I, I will say, Son. I, as a Tottenham fan, I kind of hope Richarlison starts over Son this weekend, just mm-hmm. to send a message to Son of like, hey, like, get your shit together, because he he's been our. I think he's been our worst player for two weeks in a row now. Um, from so, a Spurs it, fan himself. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just... And Son has this in his locker, right? He gets cold, and when he's cold, he's pretty pretty cold. So um, I do hope, I really hope and think Parasite starts this weekend. 
I he do was, too. <laughs> he was a difference maker when he came on. His ability, like his first corner was terrible, but that's that corner for the Kane goal, he literally, if you look at the replay, which I highly encourage you, especially Sam, watch it as many times as you need to to see this. No, good. But, like, where the ball comes in, there's literally, like, three Spurs attackers that had all had a chance. Like, it was just a perfect delivery. Like, it had enough pace that Mendy couldn't come for it. Like, it, it was just so good. I'm like, please get that in the starting lineup at some point. But I think I said it in the group checks. Like, I, I don't see Conte's first, like, being like, all right, Perisic, your first start's going to be in the Champions League. I would think he'd want to start him before that, but who knows. We'll so, see. We'll see. Yeah. I think, though, if he doesn't start, it's time to get rid of him, probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my plan right now, is I'm um, yeah. I'm just waiting to push the transfer button on that one this weekend. Yeah. Well, because you can go to, what, Cucurella? Cucurella. Like, you can go to Trippier. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got options on that side, so um, I'm 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 halfway on the on the transfer button there. Just gotta wait for it to open. But if he starts, and he gets, if he starts, it might change things. But we'll just have to see. Yeah. So all right, well, we go into a new week. Hopefully this week I actually get points since I uh, sold my soul here. Um, now watch. Let's see. City won't keep a clean. Chelsea won't keep a clean. Well, the good thing is, if you don't get points here, nobody gets points. It's that's kinda, true. It's kind of that way <laughs> that's, now for you. That's true. It's almost impossible for me to lose ground on people unless I, I do follow through with the Kane captain. Yeah. That that might do it, actually, <laughs> now that I think about oh, it. <laughs> so, but, all right. Well, we, we go out into a new week. Tottenham are the first game, so they can ruin my weekend right from the jump at 7.30 Eastern time. So, because cool. we only little, have a podcast that only acknowledges Eastern time. Little, little, right. early for None of your West Coast, Coast bias there. Hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll wake up to a uh, a dreamlike result with a <sighs> with a Wolves. Let's let's do a Parasitch start a zero zero tie. I, I, I can I can deal with that. I can't believe with Greg on this podcast that you would want Wolves to get a point. That's true. Like how how <laughs> dare you? That's true. Like you can want me to suffer, but don't don't. Fine, fine. One zero Parasitch with a with a nice little banger to get full bonus points the clean and uh but kane kane and son each get a red card yeah oh yeah <laughs> there, there you, there you I'm, go i'm hot and bothered now okay <laughs> <laughs> all, all right man. sam take us out all right we ride happy game week three